0: Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I'm Bridget McGowan and today I have with me the one, the only Janice B. Gordon. Janice, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: I am thrilled because I just love listening to you talk. You could read the dictionary to me and I would be perfectly fine with it.
1: Well, we might <laughs> just do that here. <laughs> well, <laughs> just a
0: second. I might be fine with it listeners may not so okay okay <laughs> let's proceed as planned now you and I met through a publishing project that was a total blast and we might talk about that a little bit in the show but we've also grown to I don't know Connect with each other a little bit further because we both share a love and a passion for speaking. And you and I were talking before we hit record about how people will think that the speaking profession is super glamorous, super hot and sexy. Glamorous was your word, hot and sexy or mine, just so we're clear listeners. Let's talk about that. What we see on social media is one thing, but Can you give us some real talk behind professional
1: speakers? (laughs) It's it's a bit like um, thinking you're a pilot, but actually you're you're the hostess of the plane, and it's hard work. Mm. You know, it looks really glamorous. Uh, If you're getting on planes, you're going to events, and you're getting up on stage, of course you're going to post the glamorous pictures. But, you know, if the plane's not leaving on time, your luggage doesn't arrive, just like if you're going on on a business trip, but you have to get up and perform. So when things go missing or the organizers are not as organized, it doesn't really matter how professional you are. You have got to be on your game always. So there's no kind of let up uh, at all. There's no switch off. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to get it wrong sometimes you're going to deliver what you think is your your best material but it just doesn't hit with that particular audience and it's devastating it's really hard you have to pick yourself up again and go for the next one and not have the memory of the things that don't work in your head and not lose your your confidence you've just got to you know keep on on going with it because It's all very well knowing your content really well. And that's an absolute must. But you have got to learn the skill and adopt the capabilities of speaking. So it's the performance of speaking. It's the language and the way you communicate. It's your timing. It's your pace. It's the way you represent yourself, your branding. How does that show up on stage? There's so many elements to it. It is hard work. It's really hard work. And unless you have a passion, I think there's two types of speakers. There's one where they're the star and there's another where they make the audience the star, that they're there for the audience. And I'm, what, I'm that type of speaker. So I'm willing to make a fool of myself You know because i really want that message to be landed so i work really hard really hard on trying to make sure the content is easy to absorb it's fun it's enjoyable um it's interactive i don't deliver the same thing to this uh, a different audience time and time again I work really hard. So I really want listeners to get the message that it's not an easy task and you've got to be really passionate and committed to it. But the rewards are amazing. Now, you mentioned
0: there are two kinds of speakers, those that make the audience the star and then those that kind of make themselves the star. Is it okay? And you tend to be the one who makes the audience the star. Uh, Is it okay if
1: a speaker makes him or herself the star? Uh, It it is okay. I think it's a lot to do with, you know, you've got the various personality tests, um, whether it's Wealth Dynamics or Myers-Briggs or Disc Profile. Um, Some people are just real stars, uh, and some people are more extroverted. um, That's how they get their energy from the audience. So the more the audience gives them energy, the more it's about them. And then those that are introverted, so it's like saying, is it okay to be extroverted or introverted? It just is. And those that are more introverted tend to be um, a bit shyer, more stand back they don 't necessarily want to be they want to get their message out, but they don 't want to be the star of the show, really at the front it 's all about me, and they tend to be the the people where it 's more about getting their a conduit for the message, so they want they work really hard to make sure that other people get the message now it doesn 't mean that either one or the other doesn 't have to work hard at the skill and the stagecraft of Of speaking. They both have to work equally hard, but it's the way that the message is actually um, delivered. Some people want to go and see a presentation and listen to a star and be inspired by a star and expect that star to act in a certain way. And then it really bursts the bubble if it's somebody that wants to be down with the audience. Um, So audiences expect different things of, of speakers as well.
0: You're right about that i mean and and let's be honest, if we have Oprah Winfrey or you know pick any big name that's going to that is on an agenda at a conference, then the audience has a different expectation than if it if Bridget McGowan is on the agenda, they're going to want to learn something from me they're going to want their needs put front and center but if you've got someone with celebrity status the audience tends to have a, have a little bit different expectation what do you typically speak on and what's one of your favorite presentations you've ever made
1: Ooh, favorite presentations well my core message is about revenue growth through customer excellence and sales and the reason why that's my core message is because I have a background in customer experience and sales and so I put those two things together so when I started off in financial services and sales I learned the traditional way of selling and at the time in the 1990s we were still cold calling so stand up cold calling but then in the kind of like mid-2000s when I worked for an innovation consultancy it's like a bubble burst I thought oh my gosh we've got it all wrong in sales it's not about us it's all about the customers and so that's been my my mission my message all the way through to help traditional salespeople to really understand that it's really the buyers we know this now they're they're in control but how do you make sure that you stay on the buyers radar? how do you make sure that you become the trusted advisor how do you make sure you deliver the kind of experience that your buyer wants and then they're going to return to you and that's true the customer experience and the organization being very customer centric so that's my my core message so the second question you said was about my my fave my best my favorite experience yes absolutely i think um i remember when i was uh, you know as you're, you're learning the skill of speaking and um I got to where it was my biggest stage so it was all lit up beautifully and there was a massive screen off to kind of above my head and off to the the right. The the podium was on on the left hand but there was a a nice space stage like I know you like to move around so do I I don't like standing behind a podium. So the first thing I did I got them to, to move the podium below the step of the stage so I could have a clear path to move move around and I just owned it I owned that space I knew my content and it just worked beautifully I didn't have to be aware of walking in front of my um uh, my slides and the pictures are absolutely fantastic the lighting was great the audience response was amazing I got some of my best testimonials from that point onwards and a lot of them talked about energy and um one thing I'm going to tell um, the the audience about being uniquely different in the way that you speak and not wanting to speak like anyone else and actually take some time to actually hone that and one way of discovering that is actually getting your audience to give you testimonials and look for the particular words they use to describe your performance on stage and for me what came through was words like energy energizing inspiring and i I never thought that what I delivered was energizing. I would never have used those words, but because it kept coming out it 's like oh my gosh that 's a thing that 's my thing, and so it 's really about what you can do that no one else can do in the way that you do it. The other thing is when i 'm on it, when it all flows it 's like an out of body experience, and to tell you the truth, Bridget, I cannot remember what I said. This is why. I record everything I do because when I listen back I then I'm back in the room but it's actually when I'm in the room and I'm, I'm presenting I have no idea if I did it right or what I said I can't recall it at all and I don't know if you've ever had that experience but that's when I know it flowed beautifully.
0: Yes yes Janice let me tell you It happens a lot of times when I'm practicing my presentations. Mm -hmm. I will say something as I'm just going through all of my slides, but I'm also practicing and performing full out as if my audience is there with me and I will have times where I will stop and say oh wait a minute I need to write that down oh I need to type that in the notes because it was something that I had not even planned but I'll find myself in that state of flow and actually one of my other guests I believe his name is Rob or maybe Bob Oh, I'm flubbing this really badly right now, but he and I, another guest, and I talk about this state of flow, where you're just, you're in this zone, where the thoughts, the passion, the energy, the excitement, all of it's just coming from you, and like you said, unless you record it, or when you're live, you cannot stop and say, oh, that was a really great thought, let me write it down, everybody, but I find myself doing that when I practice where something just sounds like a huge aha where I have to make note of it. And I like something that you said that I am going to throw out as a teachable moment to the audience. And that was where you didn't like how the stage was set up for you and you made a request that they move the lectern so you were able to freely move about the room. Here's something else that I learned. And it comes from the point that you made about energy. So it was important that you had that piece of furniture moved so that you were able to move about. And like you said, I like to do the same thing. But I also found out one time, and I cannot remember the exact presentation, but I remember the feeling that it created in me. I did not have a lapel microphone. I had to use a handheld microphone. And everybody, this is all going to come together in a second. I had to use a handheld microphone, and my energy was definitely off I did not have the same excitement and just overall feeling that you normally get from my presentations because I, I it was something by having to hold that microphone and I wasn't able to gesture like I normally do when I talk that I'm afforded when I have that lapel microphone so going forward my ask when it comes to making a presentation to a room that's has more than probably 20-25 people. If you only have about 20-25 people, that's intimate enough where I can just use my normal, my voice and not need it amplified by technology. But if there are more than 25 people, that is a specific request I have, is that I have a lapel microphone because I feel, I feel constrained And so everybody, our teachable moment here or our lesson here is ask for what you need or what you want. Just like Janice made that ask for that that lectern to get moved. And I, going forward after learning that that handheld mic just wasn't my jam. And now I ask for that lapel mic, hands down, ask for what you need or what you want that is going to put you in a position to give your audience, all of
1: you. Would you agree, Janice? I would absolutely agree with that you know what works for you so don't be afraid to ask for it but it means that you need to get there this is the other teachable moment you need to get there early I like to walk the stage so you can't do that if they're kind of back-to-back speakers going in at a conference so it might be the night before or really early in the morning get on that stage and walk the stage understand what it feels like how many steps from the back to the front how many steps from side to side are you still in camera range if it's been filmed mark the floor so that you know what are the parameters of of that stage sometimes the sound bounces back if you go into particular corners of the stage as well so you need to know what that is you don't want to be doing that live so make sure that you you go in early I had um, we often have a situation where we have um, audio and um, video, you know, the the engineers um, there, and we, I always go through my slides. And they, for some reason, they had some glitches with a few and they took them out. Well, I've got to know that up front so I can adjust my presentation. But then what happened in the presentation, it decided to, you know, kind of skip over (laughs) several others. So you've really got to know your content back to front. And if you have to abandon the slides, be prepared for that. Even if you have an engineer engineer desk there, it doesn't mean it's all going to work in sync. And even when you've practiced it, it doesn't mean that it's going to work as is. So be prepared for the worst case scenario and just pick it up and keep it going as if it was meant to happen.
0: There you go. Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, listed in the top 50 global thought leaders and influencers on customer experience, 2020 and 150 women b2b thought leaders you should follow 2021 and LinkedIn Sales 15 innovating sales influencers to follow she's a rock star she's the founder of scale your sales podcast and framework that e- that reimagining revenue growth through customer excellence and sales she is the the founder of that as well. Janice B. Gordon is a consultant, an international speaker, educator, and facilitator. She's also the author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World, and she is the co-author of Heels to Deals, How Women Are Dominating Business to Business Sales. You know, this question just popped into my head. How would you say women are able to dominate the stage in a way that maybe their male counterparts cannot dominate the stage or cannot dominate uh, in the same way. Are, are there talents? I think about talents in sales, but are there also talents in speaking that women have that we should just really be rocking it? you
1: know what? I think it's very similar to, to sales. Yeah. I think it's important not to compete with men. We're different, so just be different and stand in your own rock star space. And if your voice is a little quieter, well, guess what? People lean into it. You may have to use gestures. I often tell women, when you want to say something, you're, we're often in a room full of men and they talk over you. So when you want to say something, pause and as you're saying it, stand up like you were meant to stand up you know don't do it properly just stand up guess what people are thinking why is she standing up and guess what when they're thinking that they're stopped talking they're listening so sometimes you have to use your stage presence in order to make your your voice your voice carry, so you may need to speak to a a voice coach that will help you to project. It may be that um, you need to do some improv to make you feel more comfortable in that space, and that's for men and women as well. Um, but I think what the things that women have in abundance is the authenticity. Speaking is not just about talking, it's about listening. It's about listening to your audience, being aware of their body language, being aware of the energy in the room, being able to adapt to what your audience is telling you. We're constantly nurturing and looking out and trying to please so you can use that use those messages that you're constantly getting to make sure that you are delivering to your audience because you're listening to what they're they're saying. You're not afraid to ask. You're not afraid to be flexible enough to actually adapt because more often than not, it's not about you. It's actually about the audience. So I think it's about being confident in your own voice, whatever, whether it's a big voice, a small voice, being confident in your own Uh, abilities that's knowing your content and practicing it and then also using your body language to help to amplify your message so as I say examples like as you're talking stand up you uh, Amy um, Covey you know talks about the kind of power stance and all of that sometimes those things can be a little bit obvious when I I, you know women often find it more difficult to say no to people so i get people to practice and i'd like the audience to do this now you know when you're saying no bring a smile a subtle smile onto your face while you're saying it so it's no can you hear that no and so i've got a nice smile on my face when i finish my no and it using your body with your language actually helps to convey a message in a non threatening way so th- practice these things in front of the mirror And then when you do it in an audience, it's natural, it becomes part of all of the messages in your body. So the other teachable moment is, like you've just said, is practice your presentation as if the audience is in front of you, but you've got a mirror in front of you so you can see your body language, your facial expression, you can see what works. Often we're not aware that we're not smiling enough when we're speaking. Um, So it's having a mirror in front of you and using the mirror as your audience to present to the mirror. That's a good way of really understanding how your body works and moves on stage and your facial expressions and, and what you're doing and how that might be interpreted.
0: Women oftentimes do not like to say no because they feel like they're letting people down. We oftentimes want to be pleasers. I like the idea of adding a smile to it. And then I I get this sense that it, it, it softens the blow, if you will, for both the listener as well as the speaker. So ladies, one, remember this, no, and I'm smiling as I say it, no is a complete sentence. That's lesson number one. Number two, smile when you say it. And I really am honing in on this idea of paying attention to whether you're smiling when you're presenting because oftentimes you'll forget that because you're thinking of everything else. You're thinking of the content, the slides, is the audience liking this? But add that one to the list, the smile. In a moment, Janice is going to ask me a question. I cannot wait to hear it. But before then, I want to highlight a word that I've heard a number of times from you, and that is confidence. Where does your confidence come from when you make presentations?
1: I I, I speak to, I do a lot of presentations, as you know, among panels, and often this word confidence and, uh, comes up, and imposter theory, and I... Uh, it seems to be attached to women in particular women are not confident they don't come across uh, confidently and I think when we try and compete with men then we will always lose it's a lose-lose and so it's actually not being what what do we define as confidence it's often masculine traits so if you're not those masculine traits you're not confident and I think we need to start challenging what com- how confidence presents itself so when people say to you you're not coming across as confident, I think you need to just push back and and try and get them to explain to you what that means what do, you know what does that look like what's their interpretation of confidence and I think as women we need to start doing that rather than just accepting that confidence looks like this, which is male. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is where our confidence is often used against us. And I think that we, we need to know that we know our our, our content, know that we're getting across our message. We've got testimonials and not worry about what the other person thinks. (laughs) You know, if we know that we've delivered on the job, then that's all you really need to know. Um, So then in terms of stage presence, this is something you need to practice. And when you're on a smaller stage or a big stage, you're Body movements needs to get larger as the stage gets larger and the audience gets larger. But that's about practicing your stagecraft. It's not about being more or less confident. It's about how you present yourself depending on the environment you're in. So if you choose very small body movements and you're on a big stage, you you may be interpreted as being unconfident. But it's actually you don't know your content any less than you did, regardless of it's just the way you're performing your content isn't necessarily appropriate for the environment you're in. So it's about being comfortable about the environment you're in, which is why I say go the night before and stand on the stage, walk the stage, get comfortable with the, the stage, understand the distance, the audience into you. And just get in your head how big you're, you're and how deliberate your body needs to be. You're no less confident because you know your content, you know what you're doing, but you're performing it differently.
0: I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier in terms of visiting the presentation room before your presentation. And like you said, even if it's a conference and you have a situation where maybe there are back-to-back sessions, even arranging to get into that room before the conference begins, I've done that where I have you know cruised over to the presentation site at you know, seven o'clock in the morning or what have you. In my flip-flops and workout gear, but I walk up on that stage and just get a sense of how many, how big is this room, how many people might be in here, how like you said, how how far from one side of the stage to the to the other, from the front to the back. It just feels different. I'm going to use this analogy that's very similar to, you know, me leaving my hotel room and going over to the conference room. It's it's similar to the first time you enter a hotel room. You're, where's the light switch, Where's the which door is the bathroom, which door is the closet, uh, where's you know, the remote control, how do I log into the Wi-Fi or the internet or what have you. But then the second time when you go into the room, you know where everything is, you know where the luggage rack is, you know where the chair is, the sofa, the desk and everything. It's familiar to you, although you've only been there once before, that second time it's familiar to you. Hence another reason For visiting that stage at least an hour or two before your presentation, because that second time when you go into that room, it is familiar to you, just like that hotel room upon your second visit. I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference when you know where you're going, you know what to expect, as opposed to you've already got the nerves in you because you're worried about doing a great job and remembering your content and engaging the audience. You already have enough to deal with. Being worried about what the room is like and how it's set up and where's the microphone and where. worrying about that, mm-mm. check that box and visit that room well before your presentation. Janice, what is your question for me?
1: Well, are you ready for this one?
0: I am ready for anything. What's the phrase? I stay ready so I don't have to get ready.
1: (laughs) Right. So how do you keep your speeches that you deliver fresh and personal?
0: I keep them fresh and personal by making it about the audience. So of course I have my content laid out, but I will do this at the start of a presentation. One, I'm always going to be early to that presentation. And a lot of times, even if you have, let's say you're presenting at a conference, even if you have back-to-back sessions, there's that 15, maybe 30-minute gap that they'll put between sessions to give speakers the opportunity to disconnect technology, reconnect, so on and so forth, pass out handouts. So I will use that time after I've gotten set up. I will use that time to ask audience members what questions they have about the topic that i'm going to present on and it always gets takes people they're off guard with it they're they're like wait a minute what is the presentation starting and i'll let them know no the presentation has not officially started we have about 10 minutes until the official start y'all are all in here i'm in here i'm mic'd up let's use the time and so to keep it fresh and interesting i will make it about the audience and i will immediately answer questions and solve mysteries for the audience before it's officially showtime. And then uh, what's really cool is I might refer back to some of those questions and some of those discussions that we had in that 10-15 minutes before the session. I may even, I remember I did this one time out in Orlando at a presentation uh, in May of 2022. I remember someone posed a question that I knew was going to get answered in my presentation. And so I told her because of the nature of the answer, I didn't want to spoil it right then and there by giving her the answer so I said I promise you I'm going to answer that exact question when you see a slide that has a shopping cart with a bunch of toilet paper in the shopping cart I will be getting ready to answer your question and if I don't answer your question when you see that slide and then you listen to what I have to say at that point if I don't answer your question stop me right then and there I mean just you know call me on the carpet pull my coattail and say Bridget you did not answer my question so I make it about the audience I do some things that are unconventional uh with answering those questions I don't know what I'll get and if I cannot answer a question I'll just say, "Hey, that is a really good one." Let me do some research and get back with you. <laughs> but I don't think that's ever happened to me because I'm just so digging presentation skills. That's usually what I present on. I make it about the audience. I do the unexpected, and I just have a good time with it. I if if I if there's a hiccup, I roll with it. If technology fails, if my microphone loses power, or I don't know anything. I just roll with it and just say, "Okay, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. Let's figure this out. I just have a good time. So that's how I keep it fresh. I think. uh, Yeah,
1: that's that's how I do it. (laughs) Great answer. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Janice, what else do our listeners need to learn from you in order to make sure they're getting out there and they're just rocking it out?
1: you need to just get out there and practice practice it doesn't matter you know i'm a, a fellow of the professional speaking association and we're affiliated to the uh, national um, sales association in america you know and to be a good communicator you've got to practice it and so the way to practice it is getting in front of audiences as you develop your your content and you develop your uh, stage presence and uh, speaking abilities you've got to get out there and and speak so initially you you may not um you know be able to earn a, a, your living fr- um, from it but think of it as, as your training ground even now i will do presentations what i call showcases uh, when I want to de- develop something new um, and I need to try it out in front of an audience. And that's exactly what a comedian does before they go to the big arenas. They try it out in a smaller audience to see which bits are funny. And that's what you need to, to do um, as as well. So um, you've got to practice, practice. And even if you've reached fellow status and you, maybe you're earning your entire living from, from speaking you've still got to continue to develop your speaking capabilities. Things do evolve and change. And this is why I asked you the question about how do you keep it fresh and personable Um, for the audience. I, and you, you, I'm sure you have, you know, been in front of speakers, you think, I heard that presentation three years ago. You know, it hasn't changed a, a bit. And they may be very professional in the way that they deliver it, but it sounds old. So uh I've crashed and burned so many times with things, but I've learned every time I've done it. Once um this year, I decided because I knew the stage was designed, It's it was an awful stage where you have, A big screen on the right, big screen on the left. It's a thin, narrow room. You have got audiences on the right, audiences on the left. There's no screen in front of you, so you can't help but turn your back slightly to the audience, really, as you're clicking through slides. So I decided that um, I was going to do a no-slide one, so people were focused on me, and I could concentrate on the audience. And it didn't necessarily go well um but you've got to keep trying different things and not just stick to that's how you develop your skill and your ability to improve so be brave once you feel comfortable with your confident with your content you've got to keep experimenting and developing new skills and things and as you say when things don't work you just well i didn't expect that so let's just run with it and often the audience loves you even more because they fill your humanity, uh, you're not reducing yourself at all as a professional speaker, when you're able just to pick it up whatever happens.
0: There you go. I could not have said it better myself. And you don't know if something's not going to work unless you give it a try and make sure you're constantly learning from those tries that you're putting out there. Janice B. Gordon, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much.
1: I've loved it. Thank you so much for inviting me. For sure. And to my listeners, thank you for
0: tuning in. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.